dig. What's up? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. On today's episode, just give it up to those dudes, man. Balls of steel. It was very thought provoking, like Chris said, and that's what I enjoyed the most about it. My personal shadow in life had me lost in the maze for a long time. Look, once you kind of became a surfer, I thought maybe it might be a little bit douchey. But watching this uh, documentary, Stuts, I mean, I totally changed my, my opinion about him. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of the Things We Dig podcast. As always, I'm Steven. How's it going out there, guys? It's Dave. <clears throat> Sorry. How's it going out there, guys? <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> Here we go. How's it going out there, guys? It's Dave. What's up, everybody? It's the other Chris. Hey, hey, friends. Chris Vig here. All right, guys. So today we're going to kind of do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about a documentary. This one uh, is a new documentary from Netflix and Jonah Hill, the one titled Stuts. But uh, before we get into that, I want to ask you guys, what is your what is one of your favorite documentaries? For me, it's going to be Jim and Andy. The, the Great Beyond, the one that follows when when um, Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon and just how absolutely crazy into the character and weird and like mean he got to the people on cast, which I guess mm-hmm. was Andy Kaufman's person. And I'd always heard about like method acting and things like that, but to see it like so in, like in your face and how a person can absolutely just get lost in the character was really crazy to me and uh i got you know engrossed in it and loved it and it's wild to think that, like i would maybe hate fucking him after that dude he was dude. so mean to those people on set one crazy part was um andy kaufman's family and when they were like interacting with him and he was in character as andy kaufman and it was like they were like dude that was intense you know and then uh, Jerry Lawler as well, though. He was like, um, yeah, we were intense with each other. And he was always in character. He was like, but in real life, we were friends. We always knew what was happening. And he, I guess he said on the set of that movie, Jim Carrey was, yeah, like insufferable, man. Like a lot, like everybody said, and you can see the footage too, but very interesting documentary. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Especially when he's like that other guy, like the asshole guy. Tony Clifton, is that his name? Yeah, something Clifton. I think that was it. Dude, for me, I'll just jump out and say, obviously, there's so many documentaries out there. But for whatever reason, the first one that stuck out to me was a documentary. I don't know if you guys ever watched. It came out in the early 90s, like early to mid 90s. It was called Hoop Dreams. And it followed two kids from Chicago from high school. And it was going to follow them to see if they could make it to the NBA. And one kid was like, went to like just a regular like inner city school and he was a good basketball player. And the other kid was on scholarship at some like prep school. And the kid at the prep school, you could say might've had a better route, but he hurt himself like, and it's crazy. It followed these kids for years all the way through college and neither one of them made it to the NBA in the end. But very good documentary if you've never seen it. Right on, man. Uh, Got to check that one out for myself. But the one I chose is actually a docu-series it's called Light and Magic. And it spans the, I see the background of George Lucas and him becoming a, a director. He was, you know, heavily involved with, you know, big time guys at the time. Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, Ron Howard. And it was just his journey of making Star Wars and how initially no one 
you know, thought it was ever going to get taken off the ground. People were listening to the story. Producers were like, what the heck? Like, what kind of, you know, movie is this going to be? And just his process of going through that and then transitioning it to him creating his special effects company. And that revolutionized, you know, how movies were made. Some of the most notable ones were T2, Terminator, Jurassic Park, the movie Willow, uh, amongst others, man. So that one, if you guys haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus. It's so amazing, man. Really good watch. I especially love to see like how you're saying they did a lot of like pioneering things and special effects, but just the model makers and how crazy and meticulous all the different models that went into the Star Wars scenes where it is wild. Yeah, then flash forward to them making Jurassic Park, man. They were going to do stop animation. Think about that. Like Jurassic Park revolutionized, you know, motion graphics. And there was this one young guy there and he was kind of a rebel. And he was just saying like, you know, they wanted to do stop animation. He's like, no, we should be doing motion graphics, like special effects for for this movie to make it look more more real. And he kind of went behind their backs to do something. And executive producers were coming in. They're like, hey. And he purposely left it rolling on his screen when they were coming to like kind of check up on them and they're like what is this thing he's like oh it's just something i'm kind of working on he's like you know nothing for the movie and that's where they were like no we need to be doing this so just seeing the the evolution of that was is just phenomenal is that out in in its entirety now yeah yeah i think it's a five part series five or six part series uh in disney plus as i mentioned really well documented and well made what you got, Steve? Uh, for myself, it's a 2014 documentary titled Valley Uprising. Ooh. And this is basically about like the evolution of climbing, uh, particularly in the Yosemite Valley, from like the hippies and like the uh, slackliners to eventually the, you know, the free soloists like Alex Hunold. So uh, this is really cool, really inspiring and just seeing like the how long that they took just to climb, you know, 100 feet to now just racing up that thing. Uh, right after I watched this, I texted a bunch of my friends about it and I uh, joined a climbing gym myself. Yeah, funny is you put me on to this documentary. It's I didn't even know anything about rock climbing. And this is, again, another well-made documentary, really just inspiring. And I think I went to this those rock climbing gyms with you when I was visiting. That shit is hard. I couldn't imagine climbing something like Half Dome. Just give it up to those dudes, man. Balls of steel. Dude, it is almost, I mean, I haven't seen that one in particular, but I've seen the one with Alex Hunold. And even though you know the outcome, he's going to make it and stuff, it's still just so like almost hard to watch certain scenes, dude. And like you were saying, Fig, I couldn't imagine doing that with all of the proper equipment and being on a level of feeling like I was competent and like and confident enough to do it with my skills. That shit is so crazy and on another level that people can do that shit. Yeah, the like mental acuity and concentration you have to have to be able to do that is mind blowing to me. There's also a uh, cool story from that documentary about a plane that was carrying, I think, like uh, maybe some marijuana or something, and it crashes up in the, the mountains and hey. lands in like a lake. And all these climbers that are at the base, they just race to the top to get to those. And that inspired the movie Cliffhanger. Oh, oh really? Man. Never, never do that. I just always remember the opening scene of Cliffhanger and being a young child and watching it with my cousins. And I don't think we ever made it past the scene where he drops. Is it like his his wife or something? I don't even remember. Like his friend's, uh, his buddy's girlfriend? 
Yeah, funny thing is, I remember as a kid uh, my, at my cousin's house, they had bunk beds and we would play cliffhanger. <laughs> but what's really cool about Valley Uprising is seeing the the evolution, man, like how people, like you said, Steve, like the hippies back in like the 70s were kind of pushing themselves, you know, even through the 80s, there was always like a new group of kids who were just kind of pushing the limits all the way up into, you know, free soloists, as you mentioned. And people were like, what? Like, this? that's crazy. Like, you can't free solo that. And now it's, I mean, I don't know how common it is, but it's a lot more obviously common. And I feel like a lot more people are going the free solo route, which is fucking insane. All right. So that leads us to our documentary of the night, the film or yeah, film slash documentary Stuts. Now, this film was directed by Jonah Hill. It is his second feature. Um, I'm curious if any of you guys saw his first one, which was mid 90s. Yeah, man, dude, I saw mid 90s and knowing it was Jonah Hill was curious because I mean, I really enjoy him as a actor, serious actor, comedian, and just really wanted to see you know, what he would bring to the table as a director. I thought he did a fucking amazing job. Mid-90s, obviously taking place in the mid-90s, you know, revolves around a group of kids, one particular young one who wants to get into skateboarding and becomes friends with these neighborhood skaters and just kind of his journey of, of skateboarding. And what really resonated with me was this is exactly how I got into skateboarding. I remember sitting on the curb with my Walmart skateboard and seeing all the quote-unquote cool skater kids in the neighborhood and just one of them asked me, hey, do you want to go skateboarding with me? It kind of reminded me of Smalls from the Sandlot. I was like, I can't skateboard with you guys. I have a Walmart skateboard. And they were like, I got, we got an extra one if you want to use it. And just after that, I mean, some of these kids are still my friends to this day. And yeah, really well done, really well shot. I thought he did a really good homage to, you know, showcasing what the 90s were about back in those days. Unfortunately, I did not catch this one, but I grew up loving skateboarding myself, so it sounds like I need to check it out. Dude, I highly recommend it. Dude, I haven't seen it either, but I grew up in the 90s, so I'd probably love it. <laughs> greatest, greatest decade ever. But Jonah Hill really showcasing his creativity, man. I really feel like he has a future of directing more featured films. I watched that movie, but I don't think I knew that it was Jonah Hill at the time. I watched it because it's A24 being my, you know, one of my favorite studios, so... Really yeah. a surprise. Definitely A24 is awesome with all the different projects and the creativity that they put out there. But one thing about Jonah Hill that I was going to say, not to get majorly off topic, but leading into this film especially, was just over the years, like seeing his transformation and like uh, seeing him go on interviews or late night shows over the years. And he's changed so much as a person, man. And just even like his confidence and stuff is there. So that was something that I did have in the back of my mind just going into this film and knowing that he does have a pretty nice pedigree now going for himself as a director as well. So yeah, once he hit that uh, surfer look, once he be, kind of became a surfer, I thought maybe he might be a little bit douchey. But watching this uh, documentary Stuts, I mean, I totally changed my, my opinion about him. Yeah. And what's also kind of funny to me, Dave, you were mentioning kind of the evolution of him. Uh, I recently watched This is the End and how everyone's sort of like, oh, Jonah Hill, you're like Academy Award nominee actor now. And just how they sort of played, made fun of him being that way. And obviously he seems like a pretty cool, leveled, headed, 
down to earth kind of guy. At least that's what it feels like in this uh, new documentary that he did. Have you guys seen um, the roast of James Franco? Like he was smiling and laughing, but it was all about like those major insecurities that he speaks about in Stutz at one point, you know, so. So that leads us into Stutz. Uh, the title being Jonah Hill's actual therapist. And he formed such like a deep, sincere relationship with this guy. Do you guys think like, this is worthy of a documentary, just as therapist? Uh, it sounded like, I don't know, a weird or interesting idea to me before I saw it. And I definitely, it blew past my expectations. Like, I thought it was really good. It was definitely a film that made me think about a lot of things, even afterwards. So that in itself, I would say, would make it a success. Yeah, I feel like maybe this one, you have to be somewhat of a Jonah Hill fan. I mean, obviously, most people know who Jonah Hill is, but are they really a fan? You know, as you mentioned, like, we pretty much grew up with, you know, him in the sense of his movies spanning all the way back until 40 Year Old Virgin. So explaining this movie to people who maybe really aren't, not that they're not a fan or like dislike him, but they're just, I don't really know too much about Jonah Hill. Perhaps they might not find that much interest in it. Ask me about my wiener. No, but to see him from like that movie to this, pretty crazy. Everything you said, both of you guys, and... Um, I'm sure we'll get more into this, but I didn't know what to expect at all. It opened up and, you know, I was watching it and I watched it the first 30 minutes and then I, uh, I actually watched it on my lunch break and then I went back to work and then I watched the rest of it and I, it ended right when I had to go back to work when he reveals he wasn't being vulnerable and honest and they have that discussion and he exposes, oh, it's supposed to be one session, but we've been filming this for, you know, what was it, eight months up to that point and he was wearing a wig so I feel like once it took that turn, when it got to that point, I was very interested and then it continued to get very deep. And as it kept going, you just saw the evolution of their relationship and how much they both truly do care about each other and their dynamic. It was very thought provoking, like Chris said, and that's what I enjoyed the most about it. Yeah, when that reveal came, I mean, that totally took me by surprise. Even after that, I was like, I, his hair just looks so damn real for it being a wig. I really thought they were in his office. Um, even after that, I still didn't know what to believe. Yeah, you were wondering if there were any more twists that were going to come from it. But I thought that was hilarious, man. It, it was really funny, but like a genuine kind of funny. And when they had that reveal, I was like, what? It was almost, I guess, somewhat breaking the fourth wall in a sense. But just the entire time, as you were mentioning, you're like, is something else going to happen? But it just carried on with the regular documentary style interview and as you guys were just saying earlier, just really thought-provoking, man, and captured my attention. Dude, it was a little Nathan Fielder-esque for a second when they were breaking it down and showing us. And I was like, oh, man, like you said, Fig, I was like, is it about to take a weird turn right now? But it didn't, so... But yeah, definitely it was very interesting to see that because it looked so real, especially his hair, man. His yeah, wig was, was ridiculous. And the green screen, like his office, you're like, what? Like... <laughs> the like you did all that to to do it so it was it was very funny yeah that was definitely the moment for me too in the movie where it went from like oh this is interesting to like oh this is like really cool like the fact that it did feel like they're having the conversation all in one day and everything and to hear that yeah at one point they'd been talking for years and you're like oh holy fuck man this is this is crazy it definitely made me like perk up more and get further into it yeah it kind of revealed itself to be like the true passion project for uh for jonah but uh what do you guys think of the black and white 
I thought it worked well for what they were trying to do and like the emotions and stuff that they were trying to convey and dig deep into. I think the lack of like more, more distractions for a better word kind of made you focus more on like what they were saying. And a lot of times he was saying like, close your eyes and things like that. So uh, I think it lent itself well to, to what he was trying to do. Yeah. As I said earlier, I, I don't know why, just something about, you know, whether it be photographs or film or any type of video project in black and white, it just adds that artistic touch to it. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And other certain projects were like, ah, this didn't really need to be in black and white. But I, as you said, Chris, I feel like it added to the, I guess, dr dramaticness of what they're talking about and just I thought fit well. So Jonas states that his goal in this uh, documentary was not only to kind of honor this man in his life, also to share that he's had a positive experience with therapy and also to share the tools that uh, Stutz has used with him. So they're kind of glanced over a little bit. They're kind of a surface level in this documentary. But uh, do you think you guys are able to apply these tools or would it be something that you're interested in digging deeper on? One that I thought was interesting, there was a few of a man and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm taking one and then something else and combining them, but it might've been the shadow where it's like the bad parts about you and like confronting them. And they're like using that exercise before like uh, pitching like something in a meeting or something along those lines or even starting your day, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty interesting exercise, man. Yeah, I would say for me, I, I did like the concepts that they broke down. And like, those are some of the things that make me still think like the shadow and the maze for sure. Definitely. I would say that like my personal shadow in life had me lost in the maze for a long time. But it also made me think that like now when I try to think of what my shadow is, I'm like past that one that had me lost there. So I've been thinking like, what would I consider the shadow in my life right now? And I haven't really come to an answer yet. So it's had me thinking since the movie for sure i like the the way that he presented the concepts visually as well yeah i feel like they're these tactics are are ones that you could use and i i feel like they mentioned this or at least try to allude to it like these aren't gonna make your life perfect right it's not gonna you know every day is gonna be perfect you got to work on it every day maybe you do small things you know every other day or maybe if you can try to do it every day it, it will help it's also just letting yourself get from out of that shadow as they were mentioning too as well. So I think it, it is, it could work to some people. It might be like, Oh, that's full of shit, but it's like, Hey man, I know people who do therapy and they say that it works for them and not exactly these tactics. Cause we really don't dive that deep into, you know, the sessions that they're doing, but he said it works and it helps. And it's like, you know, if that works for you and so I could foresee it, you know, trying to aid yourself, you know, in your day and, you know, really trying to help elevate, you know, certain stresses and we all have fucking days in the dump. So I think they'll work. One thing that I really liked about it is that Stutz himself was like a vulnerable character in it. Like, you know, he's this guy who's a guiding light to Jonah Hill, but for him to show his own like emotional traumas and stuff. And then when Jonah Hill had said, I wrote it down, he was like, oh, you know, I used to think that the people I looked up to are absolved of the problems that I have that resonated with me really well, because even like now in my life, you'll meet someone who will be like a role model or something to you. And you're like, damn, this person has everything figured out. Like they got everything in my life that I wish I had figured out. They have it solved. And it's really easy to forget that like, oh, you're just not seeing like the shit that is wrong with them. Or like they still have all the same problems that you have. Like they're not above it. So to see that like, him and that guy have that relationship and he's able to show Jonah like, yeah, I'm not, I might be giving you advice, but I'm by no means this perfect person. Uh, 
that hit really well with me. Another interesting thing about Stutz as well is that he suffers from Parkinson's disease. So that's something that's uh, introduced pretty early on when he asks if he needs to take his medicine. And what's he say? He's like, here, you want some? And he's like, oh, no, I, I kicked that habit years ago, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, just to see like his attitude. And I found it interesting because they do dive into him and his life and his family, his father, his mother, and his insecurities, you know, that stemmed from how he was raised and the events of his brother dying and that molded him essentially into who he is. And one thing that I found was interesting because I think it was when Jonah Hill had his mother there and they were getting to the root of their issues. And um, he asked us, like, if your mom was here, would you want to ask her these questions now? And he kind of paused for a second. And then he said, yes, he would, you know, but it's very interesting because just to, to that point that you said, Chris, like to think, and especially it's easy to think that about like your psychiatrist, you know, like, oh, you have your life put together. So it is so interesting that he shined the light back on him, somebody who had helped him so much, you know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny too, where Jonah had to say multiple times, he's like, because he would ask the question and then he would sort of revert it. I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism, but revert that same question or maybe something he was feeling back to Jonah. And Jonah would be like, this movie's not about me. He's like, this movie's about you. And he'd be like, just, <laughs> he's like, I know what you're doing. Just answer the question. But, you know, even with this movie being, you know, focused on Stutz, he was, you know, being a psychiatrist, therapist, you know, this is his nature. That was his calling. So he's just in that mode of getting a question and then turning it back to that individual he's talking to, especially someone who is one of his, I guess, clients, you would, you would call them patients. Right. And also kind of like that defense mechanism he said when he got like a question he couldn't answer or something, he kind of reflects to making a joke. You know, that's something we all can kind of relate to for sure. Oh, uh, Absolutely. A little too often in my life, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, definitely like the joke and another huge, I'd say my biggest, like, I don't, I guess defense mechanism when I'm nervous is just to laugh. <laughs> and there's been times where I've done it and the other person is like, what, why are you laughing? And I literally have to just be like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I did that. Nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> I did that the other day. My I, I can't remember if it was a coworker or or a friend said something and I like giggled at first. I was like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't I don't know why I laughed. You told me something very serious and I I did it just my head, you know, sort of like, huh? Oh, oh, oh wait, no, no, no. Like it's just my initial autopilot thing to do when I'm like, as you said, like kind of nervous or you want to make a joke about something. It's just to do that. I feel like it's the most like uh short, like I, I'm not circuited. I was going to say, if that makes any sense of like connecting with somebody. So it is almost like it, I guess it is just that dude, like your default of like your brain, just quick triggering and being like, Oh, say something funny or laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know a ton of people at work laugh at my jokes. I'm like, I know it wasn't that funny, guys. You just, <laughs> just calm down. It's a, it's cool. <laughs> to kind of lead away from this and uh, but stay on the same topics, I'm curious about what is your guys' therapy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, How do you guys find your escape? Well, for me, every Thursday at 7 p.m., I hop on with you fuckers. And not going to lie, man, I look forward to it every week, especially when it's an interesting topic, like something like this or... 
a good movie we just watch and putting it together can sometimes be a pain in the ass just because I, I kind of lag. So it's like, fuck, you know, trying to hurry up and put it together. But there's just something about when it's finished hitting upload. And then me and Melissa will, I was like, let's go on a drive simply because I want to listen to the latest episode, listen to the episode, man. And I just enjoy hearing us talk. Maybe it's just because it's us and you know, you guys are my good friends, but it is something that, I would say definitely is a, a sense of therapy because it takes you away from work. I was just today busy as fuck. Went to go get dinner. Coming back, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. And you hop on and not to sound all mushy, but being able to hang and talk with you dudes, it's always fun. Dude, and definitely like waking up on Thursday and just being like, yep, it's pod day today. And like knowing leading up to the whole day, man, like, yeah, looking forward to it. It's almost like a new age, like a bowling team or something, you know, something you'd see on a sitcom back in the day. (laughs) Now we're like meeting on a (laughs) on a computer. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Dude, for me, man, I was going to say... When I was younger, it was definitely like basketball or sports. But the older that I've gotten, I would say mainly, man, it's just like free time in general. Being able to have that time to yourself, you know, to just like decompress. And like, I mean, even if you're going to the gym or even just like sitting down for a second, man, and, uh, you know, just having that time to yourself, I feel like that's like my biggest therapy nowadays is just to slow down and really like stop thinking about everything, like my whole day and stuff and just be like, all right, now I'm cool, you know? Uh, For me, it would definitely twofold, two different things, Uh, reading and painting miniatures like little models and both of them are the two things in my life that are like completely mine like if i'm reading a book or doing that like i'm alone i'm completely engrossed in what i'm doing in my own head like there is no real outside input from the outside world and i get a lot of thinking done when you're doing that it's weird to say like oh you're painting or you're reading how do you get thinking done but it still happens and both things like i have complete control over like a book plays out in my mind the people look how i imagine them they sound how i imagine them and like the models i envision in my head how it's going to come out and it comes out that way and it's just very satisfying so that's definitely what i used to nice dude that's a good choice mine's kind of similar to that but i guess it's not as like individual as yours mine would just be watching movies which for me is just a big form of escapism, especially one that's really immersive. Not only the good movies, but any movie. I like watching bad movies as well. Just something I always enjoy doing. It used to be reading, but now I'm just way too distracted to do that. Unfortunately, I do feel a distracting thing with reading too. Like I have to put my phone on the charger, set it in a different room or things like that. Or I will start to be like, oh, I wonder what this or that is. And I hate that about myself now. Yeah, yeah. To, to hop on what you're saying, Steve, and what you're saying, Chris, too, is uh, going to the actual movie theaters. I mean, of course, I watch movies at home more so, you know, than I go to the theaters, but I still go to the theaters, you know, relatively often. But there's just something therapeutic about especially a movie you're excited for, or maybe it's even a movie you've seen and you're going to go see again. Going to the movie theaters, man, just nostalgia is intertwined with it, too, as well. And you know, sometimes you're like, you know, fuck, I don't mind dropping like $30 for some snacks, even though it's a complete fucking overcharge. But still, it's uh, adds that fun to it. And just that theater experience, man, it's just it's, uh, nothing can beat it. Not a lot of things can beat it. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely right there. I know it's kind of funny, but all of us um, have always grown up loving going to the movies and stuff. 
But definitely, I don't go as much as I'd like to nowadays, man. But I remember being a kid and like going to the movies with my dad was like always so much fun getting a popcorn. As all these guys know on the pod, Cinedome 12 back in the day, you were allowed to take whatever you wanted in with you. So we would just go to the gas station, get large sodas, a bunch of candy and go in, buy a popcorn and watch movies for years. So I have to ask you guys, does this movie did Stutz, if you don't already make you think about trying therapy? Because it did for me, for sure. Like I don't, I'm not like, I don't consider myself depressed or in a dark place, but just seeing it and the way it made me thought a lot afterward, I'm like, damn, I wonder if I could go to therapy and think intrinsically like this every time afterward. For me, I definitely had the thought when I was watching it, but I took this into consideration was Jonah Hill is very rich. And comes from a rich family. So he found Stutz eventually. And even he himself had said, like, I think he had gone to other therapists where it was just very patient doctor, like standard stuff that you would think you would hear. So I think it is like if you could find that special person that you really connected with and you felt like they were helping you, then I think that's great. But like for me, myself, I feel like if I went and just thought it was like the person was being like just very cookie cutter, you know, then I'd be like, eh, maybe this isn't for me. I should find somebody else until you find that connection. But I definitely think it's beneficial for sure. Even if you're not feeling like you have problems, like just to go talk about your life, like like uh, Stutz, you know, the the tools that he gave Jonah Hill helped him so much in his life. But, you know, I, I think it, it is a good thing. I think you just got got to have the right fit, though. Yeah, I do agree that you'd have to shop around, I guess, for lack of a better term, and like find someone who fit with you. That might be like a hard or, as you're alluding to, expensive process. But yeah, I feel like if you found someone who could talk to well and just get an unbiased opinion about shit in your life, it could be very beneficial. I've never been to therapy, so. Just knowing that, like like we're saying, Jonah Hill obviously comes from like a rich place, but if it's just me personally and I know I'm paying for this, that would be in the back of my mind like the whole time, like, fuck, dude, I just paid like, I only have 30 minutes i just paid so much i gotta do it again and i think that would have kind of just take away and too much from it. what what if like you can only afford so much and they just rehash all this like <laughs> unknown trauma in your life and then you're like i can't afford this shit anymore and you're just like even more fucked up yeah, than I you go were. On, I gotta go on <laughs> hey i have a psychiatrist his name is dr green thumb okay <laughs> yeah, i uh i self-medicate yeah i guess if uh that's i mean is i wonder if he's a therapist for like celebrities or jonah hill just found them or maybe he does more celebrities now that jonah hill has you know obviously this movie is going to bring attention to him too as well but even before that i feel like stutz is a good therapist and someone you would feel beneficial of talking to because like you like i mentioned earlier he seems like you know i mentioned you know talking to a friend or a family member it would feel that way at least from this movie he seemed to be very genuine and wasn't acting or wasn't putting on a show because he's being filmed you know he really felt that way so i feel like it would be beneficial talking to someone like that who was like a a grandpa or an uncle who really did care about you to give you advice and i feel like that would be something i would be into but again it's like as you mentioned steve like how much does Stutz cost, man, if Jonah Hill's going to him? Yeah, fuck. I do agree with what you said, Chris, though, about uh, Stutz and Jonah as well seeming very genuine in this. Like, I think that's one thing that made it hit really well is that when they were talking and conveying their emotions, none of it came across as bullshit to me. And um, 
I don't know where I was going with that, but I like the fact that they both seemed very genuine. It made it easy to connect with the concepts that they were talking about. Yeah, there was even a point where Stutz is like, oh, he's like, we're filming? We're filming already? Like, <laughs> it was like, I was just, we thought we we're just shooting the shit with each other, you know? So I've found that to be pretty uh, endearing. Dude, I did love too when he was like, oh, you you mean the part I left out where I fucked your mother? <laughs> and then he's like, what? And then he's like, I'm going to tell her. And then it, and then they have like their whole serious talks the whole time, you know? And it was cool to see that they, I guess that moment was genuine and they had never like had that third party person there to really speak about how it affected them. And, you know, Jonah Hill saying, now I can see being older, like you went through a lot of the same stuff, how I felt with your own family, you know, and how she being his mother and the womanly figure in his life, not approving of how he looked really affected him and like his a, a relationship with women and his like confidence and stuff and like how he expressed that to her. And she was like, I've never thought I never knew that at all. And all this and that. And like, but yeah, man, um, that shit was wild. And then at the very end of it, he's just like, yeah. So Stutz said that he, uh, had uh, sexual relations with you or however he said it or sexual intercourse with you. And she's like, what? And she's like, I'll say this. If we did, you'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So coming up next for Jonah Hill is a movie called Outcome. And I don't know anything about it, but I do know one thing only. And that is Keanu Reeves. I'm there. I'm already going to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Definitely. Definitely yeah. uh, looking forward to... Jonah's future projects now for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to his next stuff. And I got to go back and watch mid 90s and then sign up for a therapist to deal with my problems from the mid 90s. <laughs> you want to give Dude. me buttloads of money, man? I'll, I'll listen to your problems. <laughs> well, you told us earlier that this pod is your therapy. So technically, I think you owe us therapy fees, you know? <laughs> like we're your <laughs> therapists. Yeah, true. Well, you see how my I have a bank account and a savings account. And if I try to transfer my savings to my bankings, it takes about three days to, to get over. So. <laughs> so I'll have my money in like three days. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah, so that about wraps it up for this documentary, Stutz. I think we're all looking forward to Jonah's next project. Uh, if you guys haven't seen this documentary, uh, be sure to check it out. Not only if you're a fan of Jonah Hill, but maybe if you just enjoy mental health or good filmmaking. All right, friends. Stay wild and free. Till next time. Later days. Take care of yourselves, everybody. It's the other Chris. All right, guys, that's our time. Time's up. Catch you on another time. <laughs>